September 14, 2020, it's a lot for Pedro Show. <laughs> Thank you. 
Wat for Pedro show. Happy Monday. Middle of the month, September. Uh, Brother Matt at the Love Grotto, a couple miles south from Pleasure Point because we're still in quarantino mode. But I am not totally man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Cube with me. Cube, you're you're up in uh, Oaktown? Uh, I'm in San Francisco right now. Ah, okay, city. Okay. Yeah. Well, Who did I just talk to Saturday? Uh, Jim Vales. Uh, incredible, uh, crazy... I love this. Fnu, Fnu, Fnu Ronnie's and Fnu clone. And uh, I got to thank Evan Lipson because he turned me on to both uh, Jim and yourself and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Last week we had uh, out of Knoxville, uh, Ice. Isn't that a trip? Ice in Q. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she, you know, who's during the daytime, right? She's an architect, but she makes some badass uh, sounds and stuff. And all you cats, I mean, it's it's quite an honor for me. Uh, I should tell the people we started off John Co-Train with Kenny Perrell doing a freight train, and then uh, you, Q, with Soundman speaks. So let's 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 go back in your music journey, Q. What what's your earliest right. what's your earliest musical recollection? Oh, uh, I. I don't know if there was one moment in particular or anything like that, but um, I, I spent know, a lot the, of time. Let me tell Sorry, you. Let me tell you on the Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I guess I when I was probably seven or eight, I took in a lot of kind of like just a lot of pop culture in general, MTV that kind of stuff, and my. Uh, parents got me a guitar like a sort of a toy guitar but kind of like a um it was electric and it had a built-in speaker and it was like always distorted (laughs) and so i got really into into kind of mimicking what i saw and heard at a pretty young age but other than that i think just music you know my dad would have music on around the house but i didn't a lot of it i like now but at the time i didn't didn't really speak to me you know but i think that through TV, I guess. Um, I kind of got interested in grunge and, like, that kind of stuff. Now, is he a player or just a listener? He played a little guitar, and he used to do... He's, like, a big music fan, but he didn't really... He and I would play together, and he would play guitar kind of little, like... Uh, you know, he would play, like, kind of rudimentary riffs and stuff, but he, he had a background as, like, a... DJ from when he was in high school and stuff. So he had like a big music knowledge, but he wasn't he wasn't typically playing until I kind of got into it. Now, did he have a guitar with a built-in amp, distorted sound? <laughs> uh, he used that guitar, I guess, when we would play. <laughs> and I would, I guess, sing or like beat on something. Yeah, that was the only instrument that was really around at the time. Well, what about in school? Did, were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, I guess I was in church choir for a little while um, when I was younger. And at school, I I did take like some guitar lessons outside of school, and then in school, I uh, I d- took a little bit of theory, like as like sort of an elective thing, but I didn't really go down that road. I was like curious about it, but. Um, I didn't pursue it very hard, no. And where was this? Uh, this was in South Carolina. What town? Columbia. It's like Columbia, yeah, the capital in the middle. Yeah, exactly. You know, a great bass man from South Carolina, James Jamerson. 
Huh, who's that? Well, he's on all those Motown records. He's oh, on, okay. He's on cool. more top 20 hits than you can... I mean, he's gone now, but... Uh, man, us guys on bass guitar really owe that man. So thank you, South Carolina. For, I mean, he moved to uh, Detroit early, you know, but... Right. And he came, and he came from the stand-up, but he really kind of... In, invented the bass guitar for us this is we're talking early 60s right uh, yeah I'm, I'm curious what was the first record you bought for yourself uh first vinyl record i bought or like just oh, any just, kind yeah, of yeah, piece of music yeah i should you know I, i'm 62 years old so sometimes that yeah sorry i show <laughs> oh no no well because i did get into records but that was probably like but I was probably in high school at that time. But before that, I had, um, you know, cassettes. And I think there a lot of the first stuff was kind of like, I don't know the exact first record I got or tape I got, but there was definitely like a lot of Nirvana, Nine Inch Nail, sort of like that kind of when there was sort of like mainstream uh, alternative that was kind of like coming from, I guess, grunge or some of it was sort of punk. I think I had a Green Day cassette in there. Well, so kind of gateway punk and alternative music, sort of. I ask because, you know, you're spending your own money, so it's like something you really want to get, right? Right. Well, okay, so I guess those are probably like a birthday gift or something probably the first i do remember spending my own money on a cassette that i thought was going to be metal just based on the cover art at like a truck stop yeah. but it was meatloaf bad out of hell too <laughs> so i got back and i was like on a road trip with my family i got back and put the walkman headphones on and there was all these ballads and stuff but you know it was like the only one i had with me so I ended up like really loving that record, but yeah, I, you know, I had singer. to listen to it like three or four times. He's a good singer. Did you ever see the Rocky Horror mix, uh, Picture Show? I've kind of seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never like uh, gone to a screening of it or anything. Well, he plays Eddie, and they end up chowing him. Right, right. <laughs> what about the first gig? What was the first gig you saw, Q? Uh, it was... Uh, Hometown heroes, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish Whoa. from Columbia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I was probably good. like seven or something. Uh, Khaki pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, Grease Dare here, okay?
Walk for Pedro show. That was Greased Air starting that chunk of music off from Cube. Then we had Silver Apples after that. Everybody in electronic, well, fuck, any kind of music. Simeon Cox, we lost brother Simeon from uh, Knoxville. He had a band called the Silver Apples, and he's using Oscillator in 1968. So that was Love Fingers. And then after that, his name is Live, some new stuff uh, to remember to version. Uh, Fragment from Few's first album, Few. Uh, Bogdan Rosinski, Bokumo Wakaran, 23. 23 is a magic number, everybody knows. 2 plus 3 equals 5, right? Law of fives. Every two things you reveal, keep three concealed. Model home after that from D.C. with Boundless. Uh, had them on the show last week. Incredible duo. Jarbo walks in the river. Brand new stuff from Thor and Friends featuring Jarbo, you know, from uh, Swan. Uh, Deer Hoof and Wadada Leo Smith. Something live, I will spite survive. Uh, Salvation. Uh, Jason, Forge Ahead record. He's got a, a, a benefit if you go there. Uh, take another bow. All the bones go to uh, his good cause. Uh, latency, finally, from Q. Which, you know, once we solve that problem, we'll be jamming over this internet, not just trading files, right, Q? So yeah, yeah. So so you're you're on guitar, you know, as a younger, a more younger man. Uh, do you do the, uh, you know, after school the garage ba- and the basement band, the bedroom band, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I had a band. I guess for the, well, I would play with like my neighbor, and my dad sometimes when I was really little, uh, and that was kind of more like trash can drum kind of situation you know the toy guitar but then in high school but we did like record and that stuff's probably around somewhere but uh then i'm curious in high school it was it was original stuff or, or did you copy off records uh well i think i believed it was original but I'm sure there's a, some copying going on too, you know. Uh, I think my dad and I made some tapes under the name The Night Creatures. Okay. And I remember it being real. Uh, it was definitely like kind of. I think it was just vocals and guitar for the most part, and uh, so there were like lyrics and all that, but it it wasn't really uh, a lot of it was probably just kind of mimicking whatever I was taking in at the time. And then, but yeah, in high school I did start playing with um, some friends. I had a friend that played drums and his dad is, or was like a prog rock guy kind of. So he had all this gear. And um, so they kind of had all the amps and every, and drum kit and everything. So it was sort of easy to go play over there. So that was kind of the first actual like interaction i had did this band have a name uh yeah it kind of cycled through some different names i think the first they're all pretty embarrassing names i guess the first one i think was the dispossessed was the name it was sort of like a 
punk band, I guess. Yeah. You know, or at least that was the goal. I think it was probably a little more rough around the edges than that even, but. So, yeah, that was kind of the first, the first band with people like outside of my immediate family, I guess. Now, did you do any gigs? We eventually did. It kind of became more of a, you know, it kind of lasted a few years and we eventually did. Um, Tell me about the first first dispossessed gig. (laughs) Uh, Man, I don't know that I could place the exact first one. I know we did a couple of like house shows at that house where we would play like in the garage or something and and then we kind of um it was funny we we played a lot of there was like this kind of community center spot that you could rent out um in sort of on the outskirts of town and and you could rent the place for like $75 i think it was if you told them you were having a birthday party and then you could have a show and um you know, charge a little money and like pay the band fairly well. Cause it was only 75 for the space. So I, I think we played there a few times. Um, but yeah, nothing really stands out as like the first, first one, I guess the, uh, we ended up, we would kind of hang around this like metal club in town. And so we ended up playing some kind of shows that we really, didn't like it didn't make any sense that these like high school kids were playing them like i remember opening for like melt banana or something and we were just kind of like this really sloppy like high school band it's like in retrospect like pretty bizarre you know but also cool yeah melt banana i got to do a lot of gigs with them they're incredible yeah they're a crazy live band for sure (laughs) so that was kind uh, of yeah a lucky thing I got that. That guitar man is uh, my missing man guitarist, Tom Watson's favorite guitarist. And oh, he, really? Yeah, and he was way ahead. You He's know, wild for sure. He has allergies, so he always wears masks. He On a fashion tip, he was way ahead of all of us. Right, right. Yeah, I always thought maybe that was a cultural thing that I didn't, you know, at the time I didn't know it was actually a health condition he had or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a great cat. And, uh, uh, so, this band last passed high school? Uh, I think it probably fizzled out like around the end of high school. And then what'd you do with... For me. Yeah, what'd you do with for music then, Q? Um, I played for... Kind of played with some other people from um, Columbia. There was a guy who like played in you might have crossed paths with him he played in like a lot of hardcore bands and stuff like um earlier on he was like a bit older than me but he he and i started playing together his name's kevin bird and uh so that kind of happened right as i was graduating and we ended up forming a band and it was kind of odd because i had sort of like not grown up but i kind of listened to records that he played on like in my 
formative year sort of so it's like kind of exciting in that way so that that was the first band that I've toured and all that stuff it was called thank god and it was like sort of more in like the hardcore world i guess um and that was a five-piece band and so there was another guitar guy yeah um yeah two guitars bass drums and a singer right and so that was kind of my first exposure to touring and we kind of toured a lot and that that uh yeah, I guess that's sort of like kind of the first like active real band in that sense. And, and did you write songs or did you help write songs or were you just playing guitar? Uh, I helped write them. It, we kind of alternated. I think it was definitely a learning experience as far as like five people being kind of a lot, almost like too many cooks in the kitchen at times, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it was a collaborative sort of writing. You know, it was never like presenting a complete song. So there's a lot of piecing together stuff um, with like all five opinions in there, you know. And I think maybe that led to like, sometimes we would really hit on something we were all happy with. But I think often it would sort of uh, fall somewhere in the middle, you know, or maybe you would have a track you had more influence over and feel good about, but then another one, not so much, you know, it was very collaborative in that way. And did you guys record? We did. Yeah. Um, kind of a lot, I guess. It was what? like, it seemed like a big seven inch era. Like we did a lot of like EPs and stuff. Okay. And how long this, band, yeah, we, how long this band last? Um, so it, that's a good question. I that was in probably we probably started in like two thousand and four, and in two thousand and eight I moved to Atlanta, but we were still doing it. That's like three hours away, so I would I would still come practice with them some, and then probably two thousand like nine we stopped doing it. So I guess it was pretty active for like about five years maybe. Okay. And do you do uh, any music in Atlanta? Because I know you end up this, you know, West Coast. Right. Yeah, I did. I I had a band, a couple bands there. Um, still kind of playing guitar, and then I asked, that was actually where I started playing solo music for the first time. Wow. Okay. Just kind of like late at night, just kind of like find maybe finding it harder to like get collaborations together but wanting to kind of keep things good you know keep the momentum going sure sure kind of like what you're doing now right yeah that's definitely like where that began i guess was in atlanta probably like 2009 maybe 2010 and you know i mean music is music but kind of a departure from the five-man hardcore thing right yeah for sure um what, what do yeah you think? well i think that yeah, what do you think made the lead? I mean, I think the hardcore thing was definitely like a big compromise, even at the time. Like, uh, I was kind of interested in it for the maybe the weirder end of it, and and I actually I think I learned a lot from being in that band and 
playing with Kevin and everybody was really awesome. But it wasn't like, I think part of the reason that band fizzled out is it was kind of like we all wanted to do different things. And sometimes that tension was good, like pulling in different directions. But then uh, ultimately, I think, yeah, I had just been wanting to do something else for a long time. So, but also I think some of the um, departure just has to do with me you know, just kind of a different context, maybe just like making music, kind of learning how to make music by myself in like a late night setting and just kind of, you know, someone's probably asleep in the other room and just kind of like figuring it out on a four track, you know, kind of mad scientist mode. <laughs> yeah, maybe, Look, maybe uh, that might be generous, but maybe, yeah, <laughs> Cuba at the end of the first hour. September 14, 2020 edition. Lot Peter Show special guest Cube. Hold tight for hour two. September 14, 2020. It's the second hour of the Lot from Pedro Show. <laughs> Nice red house shoes 
to jump through If you know the way to San Jose I'll teach you how to do the boogaloo Let me 
Bois for Pedro show. We start off the second hour with Cube doing regulator. Two takes. And then uh, Sam Bennett over in Tokyo. Bring me the head of Elmo. Uh, we are the asteroid out of Austin with virus. Chrome. That was a band in the city in the old days at Helios Creed. The inevitable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good band. Uh, he's having yeah. some medical things right now, but I got to do some gigs with him. And then Flying nice. Vipers after that, brand new Leaf Miner. And finally, Menthol Moon from Cube. Late at night, the moon, right? A menthol moon. Maybe some <laughs> out of a pack of cools. So, so, so tell me about this evolution here, Cube. Sure. So just of like the... Uh solo music itself you mean yeah, or right right was some of it in atlanta or did you wait till you get west uh no some of it was i in atlanta i i did uh several i don't know if you want to call them albums several cassettes before moving i moved west in like 2011 and but by that time i already had kind of gotten I don't want to say comfortable, but I had sort of established a way of like working on that stuff. So it was definitely already something I was doing when I moved. Um, and I didn't necessarily know that I was moving, which I guess is a pattern I'm noticing. But I, I sort of like went to visit and then uh, I ended up living there for like eight years, I guess. Whoa. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, not uninterrupted, but I, um, so yeah, I guess I was still doing a lot of tape stuff when I moved and I, at that time, most, yeah, that was kind of the main instrument was like prepared tapes and kind of like maybe like a four track and then a few other different tape sources and sort of like juggling those in a way and then um it it kind of started out largely instrumental but vocals started to sort of creep in there more yep especially in the live setting like maybe even if the records were more instrumental i'd find myself kind of like building a set around more of like a what felt like a a song or two I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, you weren't just recording, you were actually doing gigs in this mode. Yeah, not a ton in Atlanta, because it just didn't, I guess I was still kind of developing it, but I did play there a few times, and then the, I think playing live in the Bay really caused me to sort of develop it into, yeah, something else, just like playing live a lot more. And maybe that, and then that kind of inevitably leading to more of like a, to developing more songs rather than, I mean, I think of all of it as songs, but I got kind of more interested in the, the vocal aspects or like maybe the more the sort of higher energy stuff sort of came out of that, maybe partially from playing live, you know? Well, what about the way you present it? Was it a bunch of equipment on a table or? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was always sort of part of it. I guess gradually it became more of a spectacle where somewhere along the line I got discovered the smoke machine and then it was like, oh, this is, you know, this solves all my problems here because (laughs) then you're not, you know, you're not really looking at the table full of equipment or you're just kind of like in this fog together so that, and then I, at some point it was like, so you probably had your own personal smoke machine. Oh yeah. That was like the most important instrument for a while. I think (laughs) it'd be like, all right, do I bring this piece of gear or I bring the smoke machine, you know? <laughs> I'm going to do a, uh, a piece of music he gave me that's a collaboration with somebody called Hair Clinic. It's called Untitled. Thank you. 
strong mind and strong body. All those things you never had. All those things you never
For Pedro Show, yeah, I started that chunk of music with Q and Hair Clinic doing untie. Who's Hair Clinic, Q? Uh, that's a guy who lives in the Bay. Yeah, I hope it's all right. I sent. I didn't really tell him I was going to send that to you, but he <laughs> he and I. Uh, his name's Max Nordile, uh-huh. and we uh, never really played music together. But then during quarantine. I found myself here with like a lot of time yeah. and I was trying to send tracks to people just to like see if anyone wanted to kind of pass quick like tracks back and forth. Just just some kind of conversation, you know, Sure. and um, he was like the f- person that kind of just immediately like sent a bunch of stuff back. And so we ended up making like a ton. We haven't done anything with it yet, but we. We probably made like twenty tracks. Wow! Um, That's what this time is meant quickly. for. You know, yeah, exactly. It's not for sitting on your hands. Yeah, I, I love that. I love to hear. Jimmy Hugh was after that with uh, he did a version of a little man with a gun in his hand. Dollum uh, after that, brand new the sound. The Hawk from Iowa City with Ode to Duh. Slant. Here's some new stuff. My way out. Not slant, but slant. Uh, planning for burial. Brand new. We left our bodies with the earth. And then Cube. It's always summer. Well, not always. We're running out of summer here. <laughs> yeah. So you uh hair clinic, no gigs. This is all virtual. This is trading files. Yeah. And pretty yeah, kinda just like a lot of times just like one take you know, almost just kind of uh pretty loose improv or something or just sending like a texture texture recording kind of thing and 
passing it back and forth maybe once, but pretty quick. Yeah, we haven't actually ever played together in real life, so. Right, right. So, so is he always first, or are you always first, or you switch up? Uh, it switches. Yeah, it's switched. Um, we haven't, yeah, it's kind of been both ways, and usually it hasn't really gone back and forth a whole lot. It's usually like, here's a layer, and then the other person sends something back and then maybe once more, but sometimes just like, okay, let's move on, you know? Sure. Sure. And, uh, so, so in, in a situation like that, yeah, you're waiting for the stuff to come or, or, or the other way when you're first, it's kind of like, uh, the way you've been doing things, but how is that usually? Do you, are, are you thinking rhythmic first? Or are you thinking melodic first? Uh, it really depends. I mean, I think that's like the challenge of like doing something by yourself and sort of getting out of your own patterns, you know, and sometimes sure. that's hard, hard to do. I know uh, what you mean. I, I know what you mean. In you, the you, early you get, days, you I get, guess. Uh, you get into rerun mode and you don't like that, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. I think there's ways to kind of interrupt that or subvert that, but yeah, I don't know. In the early days, I guess I would almost just choose one, you know, I wouldn't really integrate. Uh, it would either be kind of a rhythmic piece or like a melodic one or a textural one, but not necessarily like it was uh, maybe more hyper-focused, but more recently I try to integrate those things and I guess it, typically starts with rhythm but i wouldn't say that's i try not to repeat the same kind of approach because yeah then it's kind of that feeling of getting stuck i remember uh in the old days the i made a demo for this chicone youth thing with thurston and uh the rhythm box had three sentences. <laughs> well nice <laughs> right kind of a samba thing, a kind of straight, you know, poop, poop, pop, poop, poop, pop, rock and roll, and then, you know, some kind of oompa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> you just made it faster or slower. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then there was this oh, amazing... Limitations are good, you know? Can yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then this amazing thing called the Lindrum, which was like thousands right. of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look right at the end of the second hour, September 14, 2020 edition. Special guest Cube, hold tight, fire three. September 14, 2020, third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
same
a lot for Pedro show. Start off the third hour with uh, Cube doing My Constant Companion. Then Crane with Fountain of Youth. Uh, Modoman out of Baltimore with uh, Side B of Ascension or whatever. Ascension was the first Coltrane I ever heard. Raymond Pettibone played for me. I, I knew he was older, but I thought he was an older punk rocker. I didn't know he's dead. <laughs> and, oh, well. Uh, well, I didn't, you know, I come from Navy housing. I didn't know Bebop or shit. Raymond educated on me. Actually, you know, like I was saying earlier, music's music. So fuck it. Fuck, <laughs> you know, the idea of, of uh, labels, right? Tags. Or, it's, it gets kind of stifling. And finally, we had Sanctuary, sure. uh, Sanctuary from Q. So, yeah, let, let's get more into the pro. I'm curious about your process. Like, do you ever use uh, found sounds where you just record something and then try to make a tune out of it or alongside it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I definitely will record sounds and and um, yeah, that's definitely part of it. I mean, it's usually lately it's not like the central component of like a song or a piece or anything, but I do. There are like field recordings and samples and stuff like that. Um, and then. For a while, a lot of it kind of started with, um, I don't know, I guess I guess try to mix up the process as much as I can. Um, the record, the last record that, not the upcoming record, but the last one that came out is probably like the most, called Decoy Street. That's like probably yeah. the most song oriented one i would i mean i don't know no it, no um, i really like it, it integrate would you call it a collection of songs or one big fucking dealio i think of them as song i mean they're definitely yeah. interrelated in some way but yeah i guess i approach that one almost more like i would in a band or something but just doing that in layers or something um there's definitely like a lot more guitar playing on there than uh, previous stuff, I think. Are you working on something now? I am. Well, I finished. I have a record that I finished that, well, it's kind of in that stage between being finished and actually seeing the light of day, you know? Okay. But uh, either, I think beginning of next year, it'll exist. If not, maybe November or something this year, probably early next year. And, and you, what do you think? Do you, uh, different? Uh, yeah, I think so. A couple of the tracks that you played today are are from the upcoming one. Oh, like uh, which ones? Uh, Latency and yeah. Menthol Moon are both from that. Okay, okay. Yeah, great tunes. And I forget what else. I think the one that you played, the last one you played, uh, well, I'm all mixed up with the order. What, well, yeah. What, you know what you gave me, Q? Was a couple things that ain't Q. One of them is next I want to play called Mansion. Right, and right. One, and one's called SPF. And What are those, collabs or side proj? Mansion was like the next kind of, uh, the, the, I guess the first band I did sort of alongside solo stuff in the Bay. And that... Um, we only did one record, 
but it uh i yeah i really like that band a lot it it kind of i think we kind of worked on it for a two or three years then we did that record and did one tour and then split up but how many people uh it was a four piece and about east bay people oddly we well we all lived in the east bay yeah um Oh, but nobody's from or, there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but everyone, it was weird. Everyone was from the South. That wasn't, like, intentional, but it, uh, one of the other guitar player who passed away is, like, someone I knew from South Carolina, and yeah. we just kind of ended up in the same town. And then um, drummers from Georgia, and then singers from, I guess, North Carolina. You want to know a band in the city, like from 1970 from the South? Sure, yeah. Residents, Louisiana. Right, right. Oh, I didn't realize they were Southern guys, though. Louisiana, 50 years ago. That's great. <laughs> Shows to go. No, totally. Look, I want to play uh, a Fleshed Out from Mansion, okay?
I repeat, 205-273-0948. Make sure you give us a call back before you get arrested. What for Peter Show? Yeah, fleshed out from Mansion, the, the late great Mansion. I'm so sorry about your... What was his name? Who passed away? Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie Burke. Yeah, so sorry, Ronnie. So, God, losing people is tough. You never know. So, But that... That's why we don't want to sit on our hands and, and, and make stuff, right? Because you don't know how long you got. Uh, Redneck sure, yeah. Manifesto That's after real. that. From, this is a great name, right? The Redneck Manifesto. But they're actually from uh, Ireland. <laughs> Northern Ireland. So, well, yeah, so that shows to go you about things. <laughs> Names of things. And a tune called Lick. And then we have L'Orage, which was, uh, yeah, French for Storm. Uh Tenko, Diane Labros, uh, Zena Parkins, great uh, player that plays with Nels Klein, Joanne Hittu, and Danielle uh, Pilardi. And finally, SPF with Tango. What's the story about SPF? Um, that's the most recent group I've played in. Um, and it's still kind of on and off active. It's a three-piece band but started in the... Bay Area, and then kind of, as two of us moved, sort of just, we all got scattered, but it's still, sometimes we'll get together and play or tour, I mean, I guess not right now, but, um, so that was like a, a trio, it's, I played, I guess that kind of shifts a lot, but on that record, I played like electric violin and electronics, Whoa. um, not that I, I don't, I don't really know how to play the violin, but well, it's tuned, you know, it's tuned it's in, in fifths, there. you know, instead of fourths, yeah. like a guitar. So the the jumps are more dram, dramatic. Uh, is SPF? Right. Is it an acronym? Uh, I guess it is. I think it's uh, I think it stands for Sun Protection Factor. Oh, oh yeah, of course, because there was a band, but you never really hear it, that part spoken all the way through. There was a band in the old days called SPK. And it was Surgical Penis Clinic. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, they, they're great. We yeah, were kind of wondering if that was too close to home, you know, the name. But. Well, it was kind of like uh, Throb and Gristle or, uh, or Black Humor. Like uh, uh, Jim Vale the other day, uh, he knew about this. And they were out of the city in the early 80s, maybe 200 of these records, and he knew about it. And they're, they're, You know, this kind of thing, like when we were talking at the beginning of the show, punk, right? And I like the way you said hardcore because that was only one way of doing punk. There in the 70s, right. there was the seventies. You know about Throb and Gristle, right? That stuff was crazy ass. Right, right, yeah. It wasn't just yeah, fast. Yeah, an influence for sure. It wasn't just fast guitar, right? I mean, the, the, right. Sometimes there was a guitar. She she would also play a trumpet sometimes, but it was like anything goes. Right, right. And that's the hardest thing to explain to people. Yeah, totally. If, if you weren't there, or if you ain't aware of them records, you think it's just one thing, a mohawk and fast guitar. Right, right. Shit, I beat my brains out for 40, 50 years trying to tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, where, where can people find you on the internet, internet Cube? Um, I have, uh, it's mycube.bandcamp.com. Okay, M-Y-C-U-B-E dot bandcamp.com. Yeah, my yeah, like my right. my cube, 
And then uh, also mycube.wedding is just like a website. <laughs> wedding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Got a good deal on that domain name, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and look, I mean, you know, you've really tried different stuff. I'm, I'm curious, if there was a younger cat coming up to you and asking you for advice, what would you have any for him? Oh, man. About music or yeah, about... yeah, yeah. Ooh, I don't know if I'd be qualified. I guess, uh, yeah, I might have to get back to you on that. I'm not okay, sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, we, look, when you get this new album out, will you come back and be on the show and we can play it all and talk about it? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to. Great. Big honor to have. I like what you're doing, man. And what you're doing to me and like a lot of the cats, thank you, Evan, because you guys, you, you, you you're pioneers, man. You, you look at it, you know, it's a shovel. You don't copy the shovel. You use the shovel to do your own digging. I love that idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, no, no problem, Q. People, it's been the September 14, 2020 edition of the Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.